Hello and welcome. I've got Happy. a massive lag at the moment. Don't know what's going on. <laughs> Happy it's Sunday. Good. Yeah, so it's Sunday. We we're often doing these uh, live chats on a Sunday now. Um, I've had to rush home from a family engagement. Um, no excuse, is it? Yeah, mate. <laughs> Did the live on a Sunday so I can rush home from a family engagement. Yeah, I'll tell you what. <laughs> it's just chaos because... My brother's uh, little girls are the same sort of age as mine, and it's just absolute chaos. It's mental. Um, so I thought Jamie's blown out this week, so no, that's why listen. he's... Uh... The weather has been bad up north, though, isn't it? Is it? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> just... I really don't. Um, Snow in March, though. Snow in March. I'll say he's uh, got sporting some new merch here. Um, oh, but today, we, um, we've got no news today. Um, because I sort of had to put this together last minute because I got some I got some news. Oh, you got news? I got news. My What's baby boy news? is due next Monday. That's wow. News. So I'm very excited. That's not really electrical news, though, my friend. No, no, not at all. Well, you might take over the company one day and then that would become electrical news. Yes, it would, but right now it's no, not. just a, it's not. No, you're right. But it's still uh, news in, in my world, so I thought I'd share it with the world. Yeah, no, man. I, I haven't done any news this week. It's been chaos. Um, and yeah, I just haven't got around to it. Um, what I do have is Will. We decided to get you in. You um, did. Not to be fair, been, we've been trying to do it for a while, to be fair to you. Yeah. And it's not because you sponsored a pod um, or anything like that. It's because you can talk well and you've got some quite... You're actually doing some really good... Sorry, I'm drinking whiskey at the moment. Um, oh, I wish I was. I've had to drive into the office. I'm on coffee. <laughs> there you go, mate. I've got Jameson's this week. It's been oh, a nice. while since I've, I've got drunk on the podcast, so I'm entitled. Um, <laughs> you're doing some really amazing content at the moment on SPDs, AFDDs, and stuff like that. It's second to none. Um, I think unless, you are, unless you ask people on TikTok, because they have got an opinion... Um... <laughs> Like I've never met. Here's the thing, right? It's good. Probably not as in-depth technical as you could go. No. But for someone like me, I'm really, really not a technical guy at all. Um, I really struggle with technical aspects. I struggled doing my 18th. Um, I'm quite good practically, but technically I really do suffer. So when I watch your little snippets, these little like minute long bits and stuff like that, where yeah. you're going deep into it, I don't think any other manufacturer is doing anything that can compete with that. Uh, I don't think they are. I don't, I don't know what. I don't know why not. Um, but we, I mean, we're we're a bit different to a lot of people in a lot of ways, and it's not just because we we heavily look at social media for our marketing. It's we not not to throw too much shade straight off the bat, but like I just I got a little bit irritated recently. Like you saw the um, the video we did about double pole. RCBOs and everyone's yep. been masquerading a miniature RCBO as, as, a, as a double pole when it's not. It's a single pole and switch neutral. The two are completely different. And we kept getting asked, do you do a double pole RCBO? I'm like, well, we do, but it's not what you think. And, it, and then I started looking into other manufacturers and the way they present their product. And you think, hang on, this is being misrepresented. This is why people understand it wrong. Right. Um, You've already gone over my head, right? Okay. Sorry, mate. <laughs> With RCBOs, mm-hmm. you obviously have the live and the neutral. You do. And then you have the neutral tail, mm-hmm. and then you have the, like, the earth tail. Mm-hmm. Well, we, we don't have an earth fly lead on ours. Oh, you don't? I've, I've been... mo- mo- <clears throat> Most people don't anymore. Oh, okay. Are, I think I've been... do. Schneider do, I think. Um, there's a couple that still do, but but most have ditched them. 
Yeah, so I've been using the ones at work. So obviously, mm. I don't get to spec what ones go in. Otherwise, there would be Verso, even if it's three phase. I'll just put them in. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it's uh, so I've been using them. What's so the, first of all, straight mm. off the bat, the RCBOs I'm fitting are about that big. Yeah, I don't know. And for the for the listeners out there, uh, I would say probably about six your standard in. size RCBO. Yeah, yeah. they're you're tall, quite big. You're tall. Yeah, they're tall. And you yeah. sent me through one this week to mm-hmm. have a look at. And it's just like the same size as an MCB. Yeah, compact, yeah. Right. So, so tell me the difference. Tell me, by just looking at it, can you tell if it's double pole or, or switch neutral, whatever that means? You you can, but not by looking at the physical size of it. There should be a diagram on the side of the device that tells you if it switches a neutral or not. Oh, okay. Because, because not all compact RCBOs switch a neutral. There are some manufacturers out there that don't, right? So it's still just single pole. So it only switches a line. Okay. So, our tools only switch the line. Most people's tools only switch the line. Our compacts, there's no point in re-engineering a product that people want to supersede because people want the compacts over the tools because it gives them far more space yeah. in the board. So rather than re-engineer the wheel with that, we just put it into our compact technology. So it's got a switch neutral on it. Now, that doesn't mean it, it doesn't measure a current flow through the neutral. It only measures it on the line, which is why it's single pole, but the neutral switches. The reason that's important is because in the regulations in the 18th, I, I don't know if it's in the 18th or the or Amendment 2 of the 18th, but they changed it for EV charges that all live conductors have to be switchable. So they have to okay. switch. So a single pole RCBO doesn't give you that protection. It's to basically stop the back current coming through and turning your car live. So, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> which, you know, you spend 70 grand on a Tesla, you don't really want to get electrocuted by the door handle. So, um, is that, that the same thing as diverted neutral? Yeah, similar. Yeah. Right. So, or is it's it like, is it that other thing where the, the DC bleeds into the system. And no, 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 it's not. It's about back current basically coming back through the neutral. So it stops that. So when the line switches, it switches the neutral, but it doesn't measure the current flow on the neutral. A double pole RCBO does, but a single pole and switch neutral doesn't. And that's where I, I put that video out there. And so look, look, hang on a minute. We, we, we always put, so those shorts you see are snippets of a YouTube video. Yes. So we'll put a, put a six to 10 minute YouTube video out about a topic. And then just the small little key points that I think people will be a bit like you're saying, digest very quickly. Okay, cool. Now I know that I can move on. We put out the shorts. Um, So sometimes, and I found it recently with this SPD one, they'll watch the short and then there'll be certain people make certain comments like, hang on, if you'd have actually watched the full video, we go far more in depth in it than like a 20 second clip. But um, yeah, so that's how we do it. And I try and like I say, bite size it up because, you know, some people don't have 10 minutes to sit there and just, you know, learn about this that, and the other and all, all the time. But if you can, if you're scrolling through your Instagram on your lunch or your coffee break or, you know, or the electrician's podcast only comes out once a week. So what else you can do with the rest of the week? And there you go. <laughs> so you flip on and have a look now. Okay, cool. That makes sense now. But it also got like, there's certain manufacturers out there that, so a switch, a single pole and switch neutral from us is labeled up SP plus N. Now, whenever I saw that, I assumed that meant the neutral is switched. But there are a lot of manufacturers that have SP and N and the neutral is solid. So it doesn't switch. So that blew my mind. So, and then you've got other manufacturers at the time that were also saying that their single pole and switch neutral was double pole. I think, well, hang on, how does a spark stand a chance unless they can differentiate between the three? So that's why I put that video out. And that's what we, we've been doing a lot recently. Where so how did you know to get ahead of that? I just asked a question. No, 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 because I said, because uh, w- i tell you what it was. 
when we when we were designing it, we designed our single pole and switch neutral because we knew that's what they needed. Because we knew that we knew what single pole and switch neutral was, and we knew what double pole was. And we know you don't need a double pole RCBO to comply with an EV charging on the regs. So we designed it. And then I started having people like, oh, but why isn't your double pole? Yours is only single pole. I was thinking, well, hang on, you know, I'm, I'm manufacturer, they, they use a particular manufacturer. Oh, it, this is double pole. I'm like, no, it's not. Then why? And then I asked, well, why did you think it was double pole? Well, that's what the rep told me, or that's what the wholesaler told me, or, you know, that it, it's just an assumption made or, or, or whatever it is, almost like a Chinese whisper situation. So and there was no clarity on it. Sparks of fitting single, single pole isolate, uh, single pole RCBOs thinking they're double pole because of um, bad information. Yeah, potentially, yeah. Potentially, yeah. Especially when again, there's, there's, there's one, and I'm not going to name them because they're massive. Um, I want another legal term. <laughs> yeah, we're going to leave that one there. Um, but they actually label theirs as SP plus N. So anyone who, again, because most people who label their product like that, would it would indicate that the neutral was switched. Now, like I say, this company is massive. I mean, I'm talking market leading, and they label theirs SP and N. But you check their data sheet, and it, the N just stands for solid neutral, which is identical to just labeling it as SP for single pole. So oh, okay. there was so slightly so misleading in that respect. Would you say it's disingenuous, or would you say it's a an over? Uh, it's been overlooked. I think it's been overlooked. That particular manufacturer I'm talking about, I think that's been overlooked because they've had their compact out an awful long time prior to the legislation change. So I think that's potentially an oversight. However, this just doesn't whether they've always done it that way, even when they had the tools. I haven't I haven't gone back and checked that to be truthfully honest, which is why I won't name them and shame because I don't just I don't for know. Clarity, whether, when mm. you say tools, you mean the tool units. The, the, cool. the six yeah. inch RCBO. Yeah, yeah. Correct. Yeah. The sta- your standard size RCBO. Um, yeah. So your single <laughs> module tool RCBOs. So I, I haven't gone back and checked that, which is why, you know, I haven't, you know, gone out and absolutely shamed them or whatever. So, but that's, and it's, it's content like that we've been creating. There's a lot of myths like there was this one about SPDs that they'll protect your house from a lightning strike. This is what I said today, isn't it? I said, <laughs> so I said to you today, I said, like, we're going to do, I'm going to ask you some dumb questions today because I'm the king of dumb questions because I'm not technical, right? Um, I know what an SPD does. <clears throat> no, I don't really. I know that it's like it's a very basic technology, isn't it? It's literally mm. like a fuse wire at the beginning of your fuse board. That if you get a surge, that pops, and then the, that... the best way to describe it, it would be like an overflow tap. Okay, okay. so it works. Uh, it, it protects your board and therefore your circuits against transient overvoltages. Okay, that e- either side, so from the DNO side or from the house. Okay, so it, it protects it both ways. And believe it or not, most surges that will affect your your appliances, your tellies and bits and bobs, that they don't come from a lightning strike. Don't get me wrong. If you've had a lightning strike in the area that does affect your your incoming you know voltage rate, it will send it question. straight to earth. Yes. Right. Say you get lightning strike. And it hits something on your house that's earthed. Will that blow your SPD, mate? It's going to blow half your house off, isn't it? Really? Like, if you ever, if you ever seen a house when it takes a full-on direct wow. lightning, it doesn't. It you know, an SPD isn't going to do a damn thing. Like, it's okay. not. Okay. Like, you know, the, the damage on a house that's caused by a full-on direct lightning strike nine's out, nine times out of ten is is you know is, is quite a bit, but. Oh, so dumb. <laughs> no, it's, it's not that. I mean, again, it doesn't affect. You very rarely get a direct lightning strike on a domestic building. 
They're not oh, for sure. Not, yeah, so, so maybe a commercial building like definitely or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, then you'd have you would have a different type of SPD and surge protective devices in cages and things yeah, like that yeah, to, sure. to protect them, right? So again, but we are talking about a domestic consumer unit with a domestic SPD, which and this is why I, I put it out there on that show. If if lightning hits your house, honestly, Mush, the the SPD is <laughs> just along for the ride. No, yeah, exactly that. <laughs> Call the insurance company and see what they're going to do for you because the SPD is done right along with everything else that you know goes with it. So, but what it does protect, let's say, you know, lightning hits Earth somewhere and it does affect your grid, that then puts a massive overvoltage into the board it will send that direct to earth. So basically it, it, there's a certain voltage it will take and anything over that, bang, it sends it to earth. Now it does it the same way coming back from transient over voltage from the home, which is generated from lots of switching and interacting a bits and bobs like that. Why, which will, why do you care that it comes from the home? Like Because o- over time that will also, that will erode the capacity for your devices. It will damage your devices and, and, and bits and bobs. Like that. So it, it extends the life of the install. The install, like, and when you say devices, you're talking about the fuse board, or you're talking yeah. about dev- devices connected to your house. Well, well again, it can it, both, uh, but it definitely uh, protects the board more than the appliances attached to it. Here's a question: I was on site the other couple of months ago, and they were trying to find a circuit, and they banged out the circuit. Mm. The uh, I think it was an RCBO clicked off. Done it again, clicked off. And the geezer on site said, if it does it one more time, we've got to go and get a new RCBO. You mm. can't keep doing that. Is that right? How many times can you bang out an RCBO before it is no longer worthy of the job? Depends on your RCBO, doesn't it? I mean... Because I could bullshit. Right there and then, I was like, bruv, that don't, that don't sound right. And no. he's one of them. He's one of them. Right. Oh. I'm telling you, it's illegal. I'm yeah, yeah. No, 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 that's garbage. I mean, how, how many times would an RCD trip in someone's house because something goes, you know, do you know what I mean? And if you that's have to replace it, replace it twice because it's tripped. I mean, God, I mean, but so obviously certain RCBOs can take a bigger wallop and more wallops than others. Um, that's just a fact. When you can't hit the test button, it don't work no more. But there, isn't like, a, there isn't like a, f- a free strike rule on on. Um, protective devices from MCBs right not, the way through to RCD. Not that I'm aware of, and not that I'm aware of. I mean, I don't. Not that you uphold. Um, yeah, I mean, not 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 that I say. I mean, I don't digest the the regs that like some people do. I mean, some people that even that we speak to and we go to advice sometimes, they can tell me that the the physical word within a sentence <laughs> within a paragraph where you can find certain things in the regs, but not that I'm aware of. No, um, no but but maybe maybe that. someone who's watching might know that the answer to that question. I mean, it's, it's an interesting, but it's not something I've come across before. And like I said, if if you only had like a three strike rule, I'm pretty confident that most people will be changing devices in their house. Frequently, again, especially I, if you've got kids. I did warn the viewers at the beginning of this of this conversation that I'm going to ask the dumbest questions. So it's it's, it's fair, fair game, really. But like so, I said to you guys last time I came on this podcast, I got asked how to wire a, a bloody two way pull cord the last just literally the day before I come on last time. We we, we get dumb questions here all the time. So <laughs> I want you to uh, describe what an SPD is and does in. A sentence. Um, it is an overcurrent. No, it's not. Sorry, what am I talking about? It's a transient overvoltage protective device that extends the life of your consumer unit and protects the devices like LED TVs in your home. 
Awesome. I want you to give me a description because this is another thing. I'm completely, I don't really understand it. I don't know why it exists. I don't know what the big hoo-ha is about them. It's AFDDs. Mm. Let's I've got, start this I, out. Let's start this out. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, do you know what? I'm the worst person to ask about AFDDs. And I was going to tell you this before, you know, I was spoke briefly before we come on and you mentioned oh you want to bring up AFDDs the the reason I I'm the worst pe- person to speak to about AFDDs I think they're a terrible solution for a problem we have right before we get into that uh, can of worms tell <laughs> me massive. in one sentence what an AFDD is it is an art fault detection device that is supposed to detect any risk of art fault by measuring the waveform of a circuit to protect the home from a potential electrical fire. <laughs> Will's good. <laughs> I still don't know what it is, but right, let's get into this. It's, it's, so, it's, it's, a, it's a mini computer in an RCBO device, right? That measures the waveform. And this is what people get confused about when they're getting tripping RCBO. Is it like an internal oscilloscope? Sure. Come on, that's what you use to measure the waveform, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's uh, there's, there's a PCB in there, right? I can I, I've got the data sheet on the software in there. Okay, that measures the waveform. Okay, so we use sine wave obviously here, but it measures the waveform. And what it will do when you first the sinusoidal waveform. There you go. Come right. On. So yeah, so it will make so when you first blast up and it does this little self testing and everything else, right? It will it will measure the average bandwidth of your waveform. Okay, and then from there. What it would, if there's an alteration to that, like quite drastically, it will detect that as an art fault and trip. That's what it's designed to do. So it doesn't know what's causing it. It doesn't know why it's causing it. It knows there's a massive alteration in the waveform. That could be, that could be done by anything. It might not actually be done by art fault. Um, but that's how it measures it. And that's how it protects against an art fault. Because when an art fault's present, it will have a massive impact on the waveform. So that's what it's designed to do. However, I, I think... I. I I don't like them. We sell them. Of course we do. We have to. I, I don't like them, personally. Why don't you like them? One, one, they weren't designed. So we still use ring circuit, ring final circuits, okay, yep. which is a technique that we developed after the war to re- reduce the amount of raw material we're using, right, because obviously it was scarce. It's the same reason the consumer, like Jamie said before, same reason that consuming it's the size it is because, again, they were trying to use less materials after the war, which, by the way, finished in 1945. So maybe there's a different way of doing things. But we'll leave that where it is. It's a long time. It is, yeah. I mean, I I, I don't remember it. Yeah. I almost <laughs> do. Hey, you're, you're younger than me, aren't you? I'm 40, bro. Oh, mate. Fat don't crack. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, fair enough. Um... No, it was, oh, that, it was threw me there. I was just thinking about I'm going to order a bag of chips now, just so I can look younger. Um, <laughs> no, so it, it's 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 a European device, basically. It's a European technology, and they they fit radials. They don't use rings. The problem is with a ring, you've got far more interaction on a ring than you do on a radial. Even fault finding is an awful lot easier on a radial. Okay, a radial circuit. I'm not going to say it's better because I know you're going to have so many people. I personally in the don't see the point in rings anymore. If I can bang in a, a, a radial, I do. I think it's cleaner. I think I can't, I've had a few conversations recently. I can't think of a better way of describing it. I, I think it's a cleaner yeah, circuit. Um, however, I understand, I understand sometimes that practicality wise, and you know, especially if you're already working on it, it's a retro system or whatever. And the rings <laughs> there, okay. What and I don't understand is this: 
this thing that we all still do and most electricians will say i will fit a radial most parts of the house but in the kitchen i'll do a ring it's like why like, because it's easier right because otherwise you're gonna have to fit a rate they'll put a radial into the fridge freeze and the cooker and it's just more circuits so you can get you can get around you can just get around it by putting a ring i i know but it's but that's and that's where an afdd struggles as well right so on ironically the one the one place an afdd makes sense for me because in the regs it it states that it's got to be on any final circuit protecting a socket Okay, so that protects it again, you know, that covers them for radials and rings, okay, and, and anything that could be then plugged into it. Because 90% of arcs, and I, I've just put that figure out of my head, it's just yeah, the yeah. one that makes sense to me, but are, are caused by appliances rather than something wrong with the circuit or a nail going through. Because, again, most times, if you put a nail through a cable in a wall, you're not going to snag it slightly and just get a small arc, the chances are you're going to bloody hit it. And if you've been a yeah, pillock, and yeah, I'm a mild man doing it now, it's boom. Uh, but, you know, if, if you're if you're daft enough not to, you know, track where the cable is before you put a big bloody screw or nail in the wall, your chances are you're going to find out before you potentially have an artful problem. So most of them um, obviously come from appliances. So the, the big reason there's a big drive on this, massive drive on this, was Grenfell. Because when they tracked Grenfell back, they <laughs> tracked it back to a fridge freezer, I think. But they, they classified it as an electrical fire. Obviously, there's loads of pressure on it. Forget the fact that all the geezers in Chelsea didn't like seeing it. So they put all this cladding up that set the damn thing up. I mean, I used to drive past that all the time. So I was like, go keep your arm, whatever. And you see anything, bloody hell. It was a shithole before it burned down yeah. because they didn't look after it. So what they yeah. tried to do is it, then they cladded it up. But anyway, that's, we'll digress on that. But there was so much pressure on them to do something, especially in those types of buildings and things like that, which is why they classified it on student accommodation, HMOs, uh, high-risk residentials, or anything that's, I think it's six floors or higher, um, or 18 meters. And is it nursing homes? Which, as a property type, will make sense, but that's where the pressure for them to put a solution to reduce risks of electrical firing, and it came from Grenfell. And their, their, their plan was, well, okay, we'll use AFDDs. Well, my argument to that is, okay, that's fine because they've been using them in America for a long, long time. They've been using them in um, in Europe, especially Germany. I think Germany have had them since 2016. But again, predominantly, they fit everything on radials. So they have less interference. The waveform's less affected less often. Whereas what? on ours, mostly rings. And that waveform can get... I mean, you, you have a 1,500-pound fridge freezer from Samsung. And then you get, I don't know, a blender from Wish. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? The biggest yeah. problem biggest problem people have with AFDDs is actually extension cables. So trading sockets and things, because you, you get an extension lead, you plug it in, you shove it behind a bloody cabinet or whatever, the cable kinks up, and that creates heat. After a while, that heat builds up, triggers like an arc fault. Boom. So when they've got things, lots of different things plugged into extension leads, they're causing nuisance tripping in the home. You tell them to remove the extension lead, nine times out of ten, you remove the problem. But they're not, it's not a good, so in my opinion, it's not a good solution because you cannot you you can't get away from the fact that people live in homes right so they're gonna you, you can't opinion, control though, how they are gonna interact with those sockets well enough i'm gonna put you on the line here okay you don't have to answer this question in your opinion wouldn't on, AFDD, if it's my opinion let me cover this up it's not so <laughs> shit would an afdd have um reduced the chances of that fire happening at grenfield from the 40 appliance well, technically yeah it would have stopped it but then does that blow you out of the water? Well, no, because if they hadn't cladded the fucking building up, 
right, in high, bloody high flammable cladding, it'd have been localized anyway. All right, you win that. So, um, you know, no, I mean, how, how many look if you look if you look at fires like that, okay, the most common place you'll find fires like that happening where the building goes up like that is actually Dubai because they put this type of cladding on loads of their buildings out there. And they're all obviously massive high rise buildings. Yeah. When was the last when was the last time we had a, a Grenfell situation in the UK? Um, maybe that what one it wasn't a Grenfell situation, but it was the last big fire that I remember. I'm a bit older than you. It was, um, I think it was King's Cross. Oh, yeah. King's Cross was a big one. And uh, something happened back in the day when you used to be able to smoke on the tube, bruv. Yeah. Well, there's a few other issues. Then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't electrical fault. But, yeah. do you know what I mean? But, but this is my point. So, like, it, was it a good solution? No. If that building had been managed properly and had a proper service management company going in there and fire okay. exits weren't blocked I, and I everything else. Yeah. Do, do you see what I mean? That yeah, you, you there was so many, but what you know, what actually happened there to what it got classified as criminal, man, absolute criminal. So they sort of pin pin the tail on a donkey. Someone had to, someone it had to be someone's fault. So it ended up being a fridge freezer's fault. Yeah, absolutely ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. And because all the people involved, that I mean, I'm from that area. That's why it pissed me off. Uh, you know, it, that that my whole family's from that way. That, that that's why it pissed me off. So it's, do you know what I mean? It. It just, yeah. So they, they, they had to do something. They had to do something. Now, what I think they did do, which I thought was brilliant, and I think it will probably eliminate most risks of this, especially in HMOs and places like that, is when they now set, when they put their legislation in for landlords, that a property had to had had to have an EICR before the landlord could relet it. Because that, and, and that's why consumer units have gone off like a rocket as a, as a product that people buy. Most people might have done a rewire maybe two or three a month. Now they're doing two or three a week. Because when they were going to these properties and they were seeing the consumer unit in the state of the, the, the fuse board, because some of them still have bloody fuses in it, they go, well, hang on, this yeah. isn't, you know, we're, we're talking about putting type A's in and this, that, and the other, and, and, and certain renewable systems should have type B. These things are bloody, you know, 50, 60-year-old yep. consumer units. So it, it, that's, that's eliminated more risks of fires than an AFDD has. 100%. 10 years ago, I had to swap out the board at my mum and dad's house. Yeah. It was only 10 years ago, which is not that long ago. No. And they were... To pull out fuses. I don't know what yeah. the number is for them. Yeah, but that's my point. But if when you see a lot of like, um, especially on Instagram and things like that, where people are doing their consumer changes or board upgrades and things like that, most of them aren't even RCD protected, let alone, do you know what I mean? So you were, you're going back. That has eliminated more risk of electrical fires than putting AFDD in the regs, in my humble opinion. Nothing to do with these guys. We're, we're just <laughs> fresh fuse boards. RCO, yeah, like yeah, like like an actual consumer up up to up to the standard. I mean, even up to the seventeenth would have been a good start. I but, think I um, think you're right there because if someone takes the time to change a fuse board, hmm. every electrician knows you test the you test the circuits first. Yeah, so you avoid that moment at the end when you start turning it on, and then it's the the cooker starts playing up, and then then the customer turns around and goes. Oh, well, it worked before. Yeah, yeah. It's because your cooker's messy and they're like, well, can't you put the old one back on? No, I can't. Do you know what I mean? So before you get into that, you test the circuit, make sure it's all sweet. And then you address the problem first and then you change the fuse board. But that's that's Um, nothing that pisses me off about AFTDs, okay? Because the the spark has no protection on it, right? And from that exact problem. So we've had it, right? So an electrician will go in, upgrade the consumer unit to the standard. Now, bear in mind, 
the regs recommend AFDDs. So they, they were, they, they're a must on those four property types, but they recommend them, which we now know the way they've changed the definition of recommend means you should do it. Okay. They should, should put AFDDs on all final circuits. Well, hang on a minute. Right. So if, if you're putting that in there as an electrician, okay, and you put it on someone's kitchen ring or whatever, and they're coming in and all of a sudden trips. Okay, they've tested the circuit, the AFDD is working absolutely fine, and it trips. And then they have to keep going back, and it trips, and it trips. And then they tell me, I say, well, it's, they test it all, because that's, that's, that's the way it's a process of elimination. Okay, so if there's a nuisance trip or there's a trip on your circuit, now I don't like that as well, nuisance trip. I'll get onto that in a sec. But if there's a trip on the AFDD, okay, the electrician then has to go around and check each appliance. Whichever one they plug in that trips the circuit, is affecting the waveform to a standard that's causing it to trip, right? Well, if that's the case, that's fine. And let's say it is an extension lead, no problem. Tell the tell the client, tell, tell the homeowner, whatever, it's this extension lead, bin it off, you'll be fine. Cool, no problem. Extension lead costs a couple of quid. If it's a blender from Wish, like I mentioned earlier, all right, 10 quid blender from Wish, we'll get a better one. Okay, no problem. If it's a washing machine, if it is a cooker, if it's their fridge, you're talking hundreds of pounds. That's what I'm saying. Well, the clients are going to talk about, well, do you know what? They, and this is, this is my worry, this is my worry with the AFTDs, right? Because not only are they 100 quid, right, for the electrician to buy and fit, okay? But, so the install for the client is more expensive, which takes the affordability of a board change potentially out. But if they then have to start replacing their appliances, all of a sudden that rewire that was ever however much is now going to cost them another four, 500, 600 quid. Well, hang on, what's going to happen? People aren't going to do it. No, which well, means what they're, they're their do, homes are actually become more at risk than but, if you just stick on an RCBO. But worse than that, what they're going to do is moan at the electrician. 100%. And the electrician's going to get a bad review. 100%. Because he can't fix. And, and this is what all, all, all people will do is go, well, you're an electrician, aren't you? Fix a fridge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Don't well, do well, fridges. Fix it. Yeah, that's it. But listen, but, I'm going to stop you there just quickly because I forgot all about it. We're live. I've been yeah. sucked into it so much. Please do not swear. I haven't no, said any words that. that Jamie usually says. To be fair, I'm, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to keep you, you know, keep you guys going, mate. Honestly, I just want blocked. to address the chat room. We got Richard <laughs> yeah. Brooke, Connor Dines, Jamie Blayton managed to. Um, oh, hello, mate. Yeah, twat, um, <laughs> big chinned idiot. Um, toolbox talk. Hey, for he's an engineer. Leave him alone. Um, Matt Olive, right past that one. <laughs> uh, Martin Staples, get Jamie on. Well, he, I wish he would come on. Um, Jason Philpot, I've not heard any swearing yet. Get Jamie on. Is Jamie in the sim bin? No, he's not. Uh, Stewie J, Will is awesome and not Thanks, afraid mate. to put his words to his brand. Mike Staples, uh, oh, Will's electrical AFDD, they should be built into the appliance and not the responsibility of the electrician. That's quite that's a, a great shout. That's not who a said, bad shout, is it? Who said that? Um, Will's, Will's that's a great that's a great shout because also with SPDs. I think a lot of these high-end appliances stuff should be fitted with a Type 3 SPD. Some are, but that's they, really, they should that's, be. Yeah, I suppose like fridges and stuff, because years ago... That's a, that's a brilliant a, point. I, I've, I've never thought about that. Inferior podcast. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't dream of it. Something, the E, some shit. I don't know. Anyway, Bless some me. inferior podcast. And they had a lady on from like an SPD manufacturer. They Kirsty. do all like the high-end ones. And one of the things she said was they um old fridges, when they spool up, 
because mm. every now and again you hear them they sort of spool up and they start making a humming noise yeah and then but that is like a, a build up and that can dump back into the system and cause problems right so like old fridges spooling up and then dumping again and stuff like that that can cause problems with spds and stuff so mm. that in itself is quite interesting because if that if that technology was built into the appliance and AFDD technology built into the appliance kind of eliminates the responsibility of the electrician and sort of puts it on the appliance. The re- the, re- the, 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 the issue, I say the issue, the reason that they put it on us as an industry rather than the appliance industries, okay, is because, again, the it, it, and I think people misjudge this, especially with our, uh, in the UK as a, as a general, okay, because... When like you see you see an awful lot of product in our industry, for example, that's copied off someone else's, right? So it's, it's just the same. Uh, but the UK has only got sixty-four million people. It's not a huge as a pop as a population. No. We're not that big, right? But when you make appliances for the UK, right, if they're not compatible with the rest of Europe and everything else, agreed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What you're actually going to get is appliances that are far more expensive because your economies of scale for that, whoever's making it, are smaller. Therefore, your cost is higher. Okay? So if we started putting regulations in for, which, again, that's a cracking idea with AFDDs being put into appliances, especially ones where I think it should be present is in appliances that have a constant load. So like a fridge freezer, for example, or a freezer or fridge. Because those ones, not only are they putting an awful lot of power, but they're the most at risk if there's an art fault present of that building up as a heat and then creating a fire. You know, a yeah. so, something that's using a smaller amount in short spaces yeah, of time but, is less likely yeah, to, like to create that risk. Or washing machine, tumble dryers, they've got to be Exa- the worst. It, oh, exactly. So if you if you take those, or especially in my house, it's constantly on, that would be classed as a permanent load in my house. Okay, yeah. But, um, but yeah, do you know, th- those sorts of appliances, I agree. But unless you got buy-in from Europe, which is difficult now, we're not in it, on changing that as a, as a European regulation or European standard for appliances, yeah, you're not going to get that market. sort of pull through. Yeah, 100%, because bigger brands just aren't going to do it. And if they do, and it has, they have to make a specific type of product for us, watch that price jump up. And then, you again, who who gets hit with it? The end client. So, so by Don McFadden on, says the appliance would then cost £1,000 plus. See, well, depending on the appliance. Oh, it, though, because yeah. when it's being made on mass, on, on mass like that, It'd be like the size of a 50p. Nah, by you, you say It'd that. How many, how, many AF, how many AFTDs do you think have been made in the past two years? Yeah, but what I I'm mean, saying is... Say I mean, we, we like made ten, we've made tens of thousands, right? And we, we're nowhere near the scale of some other, you know, some other household yeah, but what I'm saying is, say Samsung decided mm. to put AFDDs in all of their products. Yeah. All of a sudden, AFDDs are half the price. Agreed. Quick. And mm-hmm. then Whirlpool and Hotpoint jump on it. And same then company, before you know factory. it, before you know it, they're all using the same AFDD from the mm. same factory, mm. but it, but it, it'd probably be a chip by the by the end of it, and that goes in in their PCB. Done. Yeah, I mean it's not, it's not that big now. It's about about that if in ours, it's not it's not very big at all. There but you go. So it's a great idea, but it's easier to put it on us as an industry right into the regs. Because it's, it was an elect- it's an electrical problem. Like you're saying earlier, right? That you're an electrician. Why can't you fix it? Right? On as a fridge, free- it's easier Mate, to put it on someone- as a standard than it is to, tell to, me- to demand more from appliances. Bro, I had someone with a laptop say to me, "Why can't you fix it? You're an electrician, aren't you? It's got electricity in it." I was like, "Bro, 
<laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I can no, barely wire a two-way switch. What are you talking about, you dickhead? <laughs> it's, it's, they, they do, don't they? It's uh, it's mad. But yeah. So but, uh, AFTD is something, like I say, it's not um, <clears throat> it's not a topic I sell well. Sorry. Just quickly, Tom S um, on, the, on the chat has asked, how can an AFDD work at the appliance end of the circuit? Without going into too depth, is it possible to work at that end of the circuit? Would it just switch off the machine? He's right. It depends where the art for is. If it's in the flex going to the socket, maybe mm, should do. Great question. I can ask the question. I'll ask the question to the technical guy at the factory. I'm not. Um, I'll ask Paul. I'm not, I'm not sure. I, I, I got to be honest. I'm not sure. It's, it's, in my head, it does. Um, but what I don't want to say this? yes. And <laughs> uh, I, I, well, you know. What about this? Connor Dine says AFDDs should be required on showers as well as <clears throat> not currently required. Old guy near my near my house burnt down due to loose connection on a shower joint in the loft. Yeah, How but it does, uh, an, an AFDD doesn't pick up a loose connection like that. That's a, that, that, that's something the RCBO should do because again, this is with the, an AFDD only measures the waveform. The, the RCBO side of that device should be picking up things like loose connections, short circuits, things like that. But it, but then it does affect the waveform. I know what you're saying, and I, I agree with I agree with the shower. Hold to on. hold on, go on. Who is this Mike Electrical stuff? Right, Mike's Electrical stuff. I'm sure he's got a YouTube channel. Um, go and check him out. At the appliance end. Mm. The AFDD could trip on a series arc, but could do nothing about a parallel one. How do you feel, Will? Educated. Uh, me too. I feel like I'm really Mate, I'm getting a, brainy I'm a, here. I'm a, I'm a really humble guy. Like, if someone can teach me something, I'd rather they do that yeah, because then sure. I can use information. Sure. I, I, I always love feedback. What I don't like are dickheads in comments who couldn't who couldn't do you know tie my shoelace trying to tell me this. That really fucks me off. And then uh, and certain wholesalers do as well. But I'll keep that to myself because otherwise no, I'm don't get, keep things no. to yourself. I thought Mate. so. <laughs> listen, let's have it right. Earlier on, well, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit like live now, yeah. Earlier on, Will was like, "Listen, I'm not pulling no punches today." Mm, but then, 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 Jay had a word with me because he was like, "Listen, we still got, we got still." Where's got Jay? Is he here? J- Jay's downstairs now. Yeah. Why don't you bring him on the show? I Tell- asked him, but he's he's he, he's out there. In case you ask him a technical question, he's not a technical guy. Sure. <laughs> sure. Um, AFDD RC dot. Right, let's get this out. This is a lot of uh, abbreviations Acronyms. going on here. Um, <laughs> AFDD, RCD style plug. So everything covered mm-hmm. after the plug top. Mm-hmm. Again, that's going to be expensive though, isn't it? Expensive plug, plug top. Yeah, but what I'm saying is if every plug top had it, it's not expensive anymore. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like if they scaled it up. All it, of do, you, do you know you, 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 And you're right, even AFDD. Look at how, how much was an RCBO five, six years ago? I, like, mate, I remember when I don't remember. You can buy R some some somehow. Yeah, I mean you can buy R some some wholesalers for like a tenner, right? So but six, seven years ago, I'm talking 20 plus pound an RCBO. So, so I agree, I agree with you that over a period of time it would get to a point where okay, the economies of scale are a lot higher, so the cost will reduce. In that that initial stage and in that interim stage, you're gonna get a lot of people seriously pissed off. Oh, sure. I, I mean 
So yeah, I don't, that, I, I affordability don't, becomes an issue. Like, if, some, if one of the big players, Samsung, I, I keep saying Samsung, but they do everything, don't they? Yeah. From TVs to fridges to microwaves, they all talk to each other. Like, <laughs> really it's, like they've got like a whole ecosystem that's awesome. Mm. Now, if they got involved in the AFDD market, it wouldn't be costing them a hundred pound per unit nah. straight away. It'd be it'd nah. be costing them like fifty p a unit quickly because mm-hmm. they just build it and they scale it up. And then all of a sudden, around the world, AFDDs are being everything, wouldn't they? Yeah, but do you know what? I expected the cost of AFDDs for us to come down by now. Again, we we you know from our production standpoint, we've ramped that up massively. Um, and obviously, again, the, the the PCB we use is the same as an, as another market leader. And they're, they're doing a lot more than we are. And again, I expected that to come down. It's come down like three or four percent in two years. But I know everything's that, gone through the roof at a minute, but at the same point, but there is I some issues to come in China, down. isn't there? There's some issues with the um, chip making plants, stuff like that. Because actually, I watched a program on this the other day. China hmm. are really good at mass production, but they're not really good at um, I say this. I say this yeah, carefully. They've, they've, go on. They're not really good at at designing the equipment and keeping it going. Like that requires, like almost like American and British uh, and European people to keep being there to keep it going to um, educate new people on how to use the system and stuff like that. They're great at copying, but they're not great at inventing and yeah a, a lot of, a lot of electrical invention comes out of taiwan uh, that's what i'm saying taiwan yeah. have got it down but mm. like a lot of the semiconductor manufacturers in china they're really struggling because where they had this big lockdown scenario um going on and they've been stopping a lot of production all, all like if they get one case their biggest issue was um we're about to get political here their biggest issue was they supported Russia. Okay. So America stopped supplying them. Oh, okay. They- so they didn't have the capacity internally as a country to sustain the volume that they needed because these semiconductors are in everything. I mean, everything. Okay. So they're in your cars. They're in, they're in everything. So it, it's a huge, huge market. So when uh, America, who I still believe are the largest producer of semiconductors, stopped supplying them. So not only did they lock down and then they stopped supplying them after the whole rush okay. thing happened, they didn't have the production capacity to keep up with it. So Do yeah, we have that... a comment from Jamie? Oh, a typical Jamie comment. Are you ready for this? <laughs> Does Will have a preference for AFDD or BDSM? <laughs> Don't even answer it. This is the sort of stuff I will roll my eyes at, at Jamie saying. Uh, I love the way you two go back and forth. It cracks me up. Um, Craig <laughs> Buist, number one guy. Um, honestly, the answer is BDSM. Uh, okay, sweet. Um, Craig Buist, um, what he doesn't know about apprentices and the apprenticeship route isn't worth knowing. He's a top guy in the industry, very um, under the radar. Not many people know about him, but he is awesome. Um, in Germany, there was talks of AFDDs being removed. Do you think they will come into the regs fully in the next amendment? I hope not. Because it's going to make an electric <laughs> life hell. And my, my phone won't stop bloody ringing. 
I, I hope not. Again, like I said to begin, I, I think they're a piss poor solution for a problem that has already been largely rectified. E- the EICR route and ensuring that houses... So you have to get your boiler serviced every year. You have to get your boiler serviced every year, right? How often do you have your consumer unit serviced? See, this is, this is something... This is, a big, this is a bigger problem with the industry because obviously you have gas safe, which yeah. is the principle. Uh, and that's the example I use all the time. Be- so why don't we have that? Are, are like the governing body that sets mm-hmm. the standards for the whole of the industry in the electrical industry. And a couple of episodes ago, we had this conversation about um, there is no central governing body. We mm. do have a number of different bodies that all sort of put into the pot, but there yep. isn't one central one. And I think that's where our biggest problem lies. And no mandates are sent from the top down. So a lot of the time, it's quite a vertical interaction with, like, NIC will set their standards. NAPIT mm. will set their standards. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and you also have a differential. Yeah, you'll have a differential between, let's say you're talking about an NIC inspector in, in Cardiff and then an NRC inspector in Enfield. Cool. They also, they're complete, the way they look at certain things are completely different. It will be, be because the regs are so open to interpretation often, for a start. Well, this is the other thing about the regs. They're so, they're not definitive in what they say. They're always open for interpretation. And then what you have is um, a gross misunderstanding of how the industry is set up. And then what you also have is people's opinions on what should be done. So if you often, an NIC inspector, is someone who's been in the industry for a few years, understands how everything works, but has their way of doing things. So mm. if he's your inspector, you've got to do things to his way, which isn't necessarily the industry standard. It could be above and beyond, could be below. But generally, it's that is our biggest problem across the board in the electrical industry is no central governance. I agree, but it comes down to liability. If I tell you to do it that way and I don't allow you to interpret it a different way, then if something goes wrong, it's on me. And our, our industry is one of the slopiest shouldered industries out there. <laughs> do you know what? That is so true. I think I've even used that exp- that um, that that um, analogy before. Now, here's a few uh, comments from our uh, live chat at the moment, which is booming. Oh, awesome. Um, it's usually the appliance that has the arc. Um, yep. AFDD. Hold on one sec. Right. At the appliance end, AFDDs could trip. No, we've done that one. We've done that one. Right. Bear with me. Um, issue of putting uh, protection in an appliance is public don't understand. The reaction to our product has extra potential, uh, extra protection against faults would be why are your products more likely to go faulty? Mm. Um, if you include an AFDD in an appliance, are you going to test every appliance for an EICR? But I don't suppose you would have to. No, you don't, You just you just no. You... No, I, I don't think you would have to because if it's an integrate. Like you don't test an appliance during an e- e- EICR, do you? No, but what they're saying is, if you put an AFDD in there, does that technique because it's a protective device? Would you then have to? No, I wouldn't have thought so because 
I mean, even if you did, like you said before, they, they wouldn't, even if they put but it you in, don't I, mean, test I mean, we're talking like hypothetical. with an RCD in, do you? Like an outside socket, you don't test that. No, but again, if you were going to, even if they wrote that in, okay, that uh, let, let's say that they, I mean, because we're talking completely hypothetical at this point, right? But if, if, for example, fridge freezers, washing machines, dishwashers, et cetera, had to come with an integral AFDD, and they told you as part of an ICR, you have to test those appliances. So... That is easier, cheaper, and a better solution, in my opinion, than putting AFDDs on a ring farm. Oh, you would, the only test that would change would be the pat test, wouldn't it? Mm, exactly that. And, when and you pat, do test, ICR pat, for a pat landlord, testers would have to change. But, I mean, it, it would make more sense to have an electrician have to buy a, I don't know, a, a new pat tester that would be able to test these things, okay? That's what I'm saying. Then it would do them putting an AFDD on four or five circuits in your home. Because when you do a landlord inspection, you do the EICR, and you do then a pat test inspection on the yep. appliances, don't you? Correct, so, yeah. Shout out to Wayne at A1. He's been on here. He's just done our pat testing here recently. Oh, is he really? <laughs> yeah, he has, yeah. He, to be fair, he drove an hour to do it as well. He, and price was good as well. So anyone in South Wales need pat testing done? Wayne at anyone. Nice verso decoration is Sam in a box. Do you know what? I'm really feeling the pressure now, right? So a little bit of history. I went from my garage um, where I had it all it? set up and it was all lovely. And then we moved to this house and we had nowhere to do the podcast from. So I changed the garden shed into uh, so i sort of put up this board and stuff and i haven't changed it for about two years uh, we've been living down there there what is people what people can't see here right okay it, lo it looks quite good it I does shit, it looks I, I shit you not right so there's a wall here as you can see here there's a big glass window here i've painted it black to a point and then it's black there to a point the rest of it's what it looks if you walk in this room it looks odd it looks yeah, really so odd, but it works. Here's my thing. <laughs> I have got an idea for what I want to do in here. But again, I just haven't got round to it. I'm doing my house first. Like, yeah. I can't say to the wife, not doing not doing the house. Because i got to do the studio. Yeah. She's not having it. Yeah. She's not having it. So I, I apologize. Um, right. So what we've got here, it's, got, it's popping off in here. Um, I totally agree with that, Sam. Well, whatever I said, thank you very much. Um, <laughs> the worry is, with, so Craig Buis says, the worry is with each amendment, what was recommend, recommended before becomes mandatory next time around. Yeah, they're like, so this could become a time. big problem for us. I, I agree, but I think, <laughs> I don't know this to be fact, but I'm 95% sure. There are a lot of companies a lot are bigger than us, an awful lot bigger than us, okay? Unfortunately, we'll catch them one day, but who have an awful lot of influence that goes into the regs. Now, there was a particular company, right, who, when we go, we're going back to 2014, 2015, had quite an issue with one of their devices that caused an electrical fire under the stairs in a house where an MP's son was living. They also happened to be on the advisory board. Wasn't this... This is, okay, yeah, go on. They also happen to be on the advisory board, okay, for the London Fire Brigade, who then recommended, it, this, this is another thing that pissed me off, right? They then recommended that all consumer units should be made out of a non-combustible material such as metal. So that was in the Third Amendment of <laughs> the 17th. Everyone then goes, 
bonkers, right? Shit, we've got to start making our boards out of metal, rada, 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 rada. Do you know what? There was three or four manufacturers at the time, because we weren't in that market at the time, but at the time that already made their consumer units out of non-combustible plastic, which technically should have complied. So we're the only country, to my knowledge, um, I could be wrong, actually. I think there's a few, I think there's a couple. In, in, but with our style of uh, consuming it, that use uh, metal boards in Europe. Everyone's still on plastic, mostly. I think Germany's uh, have a different type of board that's part metal. But, um, but anyway, the reason that they gave that advice to the London Fire Brigade to advise it to the IET was they already had a range of single-phase metal consumers to run alongside their industrial range. So now all of a sudden, everyone in the fucking industry now has to make a metal board. Why? Do you not think that's better? I, I'm not... St- what? I think it's better. Don't get me wrong. I'm not... I'm not... Because I le- I'm not, I'm not, many I'm not, fronts. I'm not, it, yes and no. I'm not, I'm not leaning on it as an example of, look, that, that shouldn't have happened. I'm leaning on it as an example of, there are, there are companies out there that have a huge amount of influence that, of course, are going to influence certain things to go a route to a product oh, that sure. they can supply to give them a competitive advantage what, over 16, But this is what JPL 64 is. Yeah. So JPL 64 is a, a load of... Um, I'm, I'm a little bit out of my wheelhouse here. Someone in the comments help me out here. But to my understanding, JPL 64 is a bunch of representatives from different parts of the industry, manufacturing, rail, whatever that come together to set the regs. Mm. So they sit on the JPL 64 panel and those guys will discuss what needs to go into the next regs based on their requirements. And the panel will then vote or sort of compile a regs from the recommendations from JPL 64. So obviously if it's... So I've got a question then. I've got a question then. So when we were designing the Verso consume unit, right? I wish I didn't have that in the background at this moment in time. All right, because Jay's going to kill me. But when we were designing the Verso Consume Unit, um, we were, we were going to launch two types of RCPOs, an AC and a Type A. Okay. Within six weeks of R&D, six weeks. Now, bear in mind, our resources are nothing like some companies out there. Within six weeks, we established an issue with DC current and AC devices. We then established how many appliances, devices, et cetera, in a domestic setting. Let's let's forget commercial. Let's just, your your home, two, three-bedroom house. How many devices are on that that are potentially leaking DC back onto a circuit and saturating saturating an AC device? Six weeks. So if these guys from these companies do any R&D or development, how on earth did it, I mean, how many times, for how long have we had LED lighting, LED televisions, uh, games consoles, rechargeable devices. Ten years in the home. Uh, but I think that. So is why true. was that not picked up by someone? I don't think with... it was necessary to pick it up until it Bollocks. was called out. No, but we called it out. We called out. We started that campaign. I did no other people. We, we 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 launched that campaign before we had an RCBO because it it blew my mind that hang on shit this is dangerous and at the time. Every, this, this was during lockdown. Everyone was fitting, moving people over to RCD boards because of this EICR regulation. And they're all type AC RCDs. You think, do fuck. you think, do you think that this is, um, how, how often does this 
does this shit actually affect people on the ground? And that, I think... Do you know the scary thing is, Sam, if your RCD is saturated and it can't trip, you won't even fucking know. Exactly. This is what I'm saying. Do you remember in Fight Club, right? Have you seen Fight Club? Yeah, yeah. Right? Brad Pitt, Edward Norton, right? Mm -hmm. And he's an insurance guy. And what he says is... There's a, if there's a car brand and they have a crash because there's a fault on the car, they yeah. will take stock of whether it's worth whether the cost of actually yeah, or yeah, just or paying, paying the people off. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. And is that the case with this uh, um, DC leakage system? I don't know. Are and they again, a, it's, are it's they very... like, listen. It's only going to affect a little bit of the thing. It only happens on these ones. They don't get installed that much. Don't worry about it. It's not a big problem. If it happens, Maybe. it is what it is. Maybe. Again, we I don't have the resources to, to know, right? All I know is after six weeks of R&D, we picked that up. Okay? So when we launched our range, we never, ever, ever, ever made an AC device. Not once. Because it, it, it's not applicable for a modern install and hasn't been right. for at least half a decade. So if we can pick that up, how many new products have all these other companies launched in a time? They, they must have. So surely someone. Right. We've established that I'm not very technical. Mm. This is going technical now. Um, a type RC, RCB mm, and AC type mm-hmm. MCB. Sorry. I'm a, oh, all right. I'm a little bit drunk. I've done a bit here. Okay. Um, what is the difference? Why would you use an AC over an A? You shouldn't. So the regulations previously stated that you couldn't use an AC RCD device for all for general purposes. So that would cover pretty much every circuit in your home. The problem is that any DC trickle, okay, into a type AC RCD saturates it. Imagine putting chewing gum in a spring. It can't work. So it blinds the RCD and stops it from tripping. A type A device can handle up to six milliamps worth of DC trickle. Okay, so, so, it, so it can don't work. Use AC. No, but they've they've, out, they've they've outlawed it now on the amendment amendment three anyway. I think wasn't okay. uh, on the eighteenth. So amendment three, amendment two, we're not there yet. Amendment two, but that's and I'm, I'm only drinking coffee. <laughs> um, so they finally come round to it. Like, oh, actually, no, you are right. We're going to, unless you can guarantee there is zero DC going to be present on that circuit, you can no longer use an ACRCD device, which in a domestic house is pretty much impossible. So they finally come around to it. But like that, that's been the case for a long time. It, it has been present for a long time. And you're right. It, it may, maybe it doesn't affect 90% of installations or consume units, but it's sure shit going to affect at least 10 I know that 10% are really going to care about it if it ever causes them a problem. But again, you're not going to know it causes them a problem until it causes them a problem. So I'm sorry, I am listening, but I'm also reading the chat because it is popping off. Um, John McFadden says type A should only be used. Um, Craig Buist has uh, piped up again with why do they try and complicate RCDs with calling them double pole or switch neutral? Is there actually a difference in the manufacturing of these methods or is it just apples for apples? No, it's a different type of device entirely. So um, I did have one here. So a a double pole RCBO or or RCD will measure the current flow on both the line and the neutral circuit. 
but a single pole and switch neutral doesn't. It just measures it on the line, but it does switch the neutral. A single pole only measures the line, switches the line, and doesn't switch the neutral. So there are three different type of devices with three different functionalities. If you want to know a bit more about it, jump onto the video we did on it, and I cover all three devices. I even show you what they look like, et cetera, and when you would use them and when you wouldn't. I think I even did one on, is a double pole RCBO pointless? Um, but it's, it's not, but there, it is in domestic situations, but in commercials, not so much. Powerful nonsense um but no to answer his question they're completely different products they do they do function completely differently crash 650 s should you run a specific dc circuit to stop it leaking he's an apprentice i mean you, you could do um mm, but so only stuff on that's so you'd run a circuit. It's pretty hard to do. It would be impossible. Again, you've got to think Why about how a house works. Lighting? L lighting, sure. Light, but again, you've got to remember lighting. Think about the 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 DC trickle. That it, you know, It's a very low circuit. Are we talking a non-issue here because AC yeah. is no longer a thing? Yeah, we are. Um, whiskey science. Uh, ZK Electrical <laughs> Whiskey Science. How rude. How rude. This podcast is also sponsored by Jameson's. Well, if they can send me a bottle, I would appreciate it. <laughs> um, parts of Europe have not recognised type AC as safe for over 10 years. Yeah. The EV revolution has started to push IET, the IET to push the use of type A. Now, I've got something to 100%. say on that. Go on. Um, the IET um, do not represent electricians anymore. Um, what I say anymore, they used to be, they, they used to be an organization, organization, um, the IEE that Jamie always bangs on about the IET. Um, they are a technology, um, and engineering organization that represents so many facets of engineering and technology that, the electrical industry needs its own organization. So I'm quite um, opposed to the IET at the moment. I, I, it's going to be interesting, especially with electrification. I barely say that, but, you know, and the, the drive to renewables and everything else, how to have such a, a big charge led governmentally. Okay. Without a central governing body. Seems odd. It, this is, this is a whole problem. Because there is no central governance. Yeah, but you think about the, the amount of government funding they're throwing at it without any central governance. That seems bizarre. Yeah, but what you have now, the ECA have always been lauded as the overlords of the industry, the evil overlords of the industry. But what We're they commercial do, associates to the ECA. But what they do is they do the best they can with, the, with what they're given. Mm. They work in accordance to their members they are a trade union for the um the companies yeah but they're reliant on manufacturers like us we just delivered two cpds for them um to their local eca members here in south wales Again, and, and one, they one in do London. what they're there for they've mm. been there for a hundred years they are a fantastic it's really hundred really years mate they are a fantastic organization that do amazing things they won't talk to us because of my affiliations with unions back in the day However, they are an amazing organisation. They do the best they can with what they've got, the same as the JIB. Again, mm. an amazing organisation that do the best they can with what they've got. 
but we still require a governing body. Um, lightning, so hold on, even a bad whiskey, get on, listen, get on the bourbon. John McFadden says get on the bourbon. Now, my favourite tipple is mm. Wild Turkey 101. Okay. It's my favourite. It is complex and delicious at the same time. But it's £32.50 a bottle. My dad <laughs> gave me a bottle of Jameson tonight, so I'm in. <laughs> Listen, we are um, up to the hour. Really? Um, there you go. Yeah, man. It's it's flown by. It's been an awesome podcast. I, I didn't even get to talk about wholesalers. Let's talk about wholesalers, man. Let's go on. <laughs> Do you want to go uh, on? Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to go on for a bit, yeah. I'm, I'm getting... On. So we've got, I, another, we've got another we've got another fifteen minutes in us. Okay, I, I was going to talk about wholesalers today, right? And, and our and our industry. Because I've, I've got beef with wholesalers. Well, let me hear yours first, then. <clears throat> right, wholesalers as companies mm-hmm. can be very misrepresented, represented <laughs> by their branches. Mm-hmm. You're talking I about nationals. I have at this seen, point. in effect really poor like i always hate on cef right Mm. i've seen them act very poorly at the branch level but i see them doing great things in the industry Mm -hmm. that's my beef i see edmondson's right there's a specific edmondson's in stafford they are fantastic when i was working for a company i use eddie's in stafford and they were not Stafford, um, Stockport. Sorry, yeah. Stockport. Fantastic. They were so helpful. They sorted everything out. They even helped me load my van, the whole lot. They were brilliant. But Eddie's across the, across the network isn't as great as the um, Stafford branch, not Stafford, Stockport branch. So you're, you're, you're centering your frustrations around national wholesalers. Okay. Yes. As a manufacturer, my, mine's a bit... So CEF, for example, okay. I, I haven't got much bad to say about CEF. i tell you why. There's a few... And again, I'd like people to know this about CEF because I know, again, it does... You're right. With nationals, it depends on the local branch and your relationship there. And if they, and, and I get it. And I know they've had a bad... This, let me just preface this real quick. You go to CEF, they have everything you ever everything. need. Yeah, yeah. They are brilliant, right? You go in there, they've got everything on the shelf. They've got Wagos. They've got Ideals. They've got the, everything you need. They've mm-hmm. got on the shelf. Mm-hmm. Go on. So CEF, um, I went down to see uh, a guy called Rob Shepard. He's a group manager of uh, CEF Talkie Group. And this was going back four or five years. To have a chat with him about working with CEF. Okay. And... What I learned on how they train their staff, the service levels and everything else, when you get a good CF branch, they're fantastic. They have every bit of resource and, you know, don't get, but, but, but I mean, they're not that. So you get, you can get some independents that are fantastic. Some Edmondson's that are fantastic and you get some that are crap, right? It's the same, it's, it's the same thing because it's, you're only as good as the people you've got. Okay. And, and some people care more about certain things than others and right, right, right. And that will, that will align itself with what you like more than maybe than someone else. So there might be, a, you know, someone else might find that exact same wholesale and that exact same, absolutely mint. And you might think they're a bag of shit, but CEF, while I'll always, so we do a lot with CEF as a, as a single entity, they're probably our biggest customer. Okay. We're in about 111 of their 
um, their branches at 391. Should be it, more. They should be. And that, that's a gripe I'm going to get to in a bit. Um, but when COVID hit, okay, again, we're not a huge company like, you know, your, your big names out there doing hundreds of millions of pounds, okay? When COVID hit, so at the time, they were on 30-day payment terms with us. Their procurement director called me personally, who I had never spoken to in my life. He must have got my number from Rob. Called me personally to say, well, um, we'll be paying you 15 days late. We'll pay you on 45 days, and it'll be there to the button. On that 45th day, he did, one, he didn't have to make that phone call whatsoever. Okay, But on that 45th day, that money was there to the penny. In contrast, we had other wholesalers messages, we're not paying anyone until further further notice. I shit you not. Okay. And when shit hits shovel. That's a bum time for you, innit? Uh, of course it is. I got I got family, I got staff. I got, at that time, no one so they they went to that degree. And again, whilst they might be one of our biggest customers, they weren't at that time, but we were nothing to them in comparison to who they who they deal with, right? I think at that time, that specific time, we were in 17 branches. And this geezer called me personally to tell me that payment was going to be for uh, 14 days late, 15 days late, whatever. And it was there. That. I do, which is why I always give them a little bit of grace. Now, my frustration with wholesales, and I, I want to get this out there again, we have some fantastic stockists. Okay, wholesale electrical supplies in Northern Ireland are literally turning Northern Ireland blue and gold. The amount of, of Verso going over there, ABM up in Stockport, just to name a few, you know, STA down. Like we've we, we got loads. Again, CFMs, we do we do an awful lot with an awful lot of people. Worthington and Jones really give us a lot of their, you know, their business. And and I, I, we've got good actual partnerships with them. And I, I've got a lot of time and respect for them. But where I'm starting to get really pissed off and frustrated is we're getting a lot of people contact us, an awful lot of people contact us, wanting to buy our gear, wanting to try it out. Now, the way our industry is structured currently... Just quickly, mm. Paul Cook, tell Will, since he was on the podcast, before we started using uh, Verso CUs, we have had to buy online. Mm. We need a stockist in Coventry. I've mentioned it to the guys in Edmondson's. Yeah. There's yep. people out there... To want your shit. And, and this is the point, right? We're doing a lot of work. We're doing a lot of hard work, getting it out there, doing the videos, doing the training, delivering CBD courses, doing everything the right way. And I've been doing it the right way for 10 years. And the way the right way is, the way our industry decides it is, okay, is that manufacturers don't sell directly to contractors. They sell into a wholesaler at a massive discount so they can pass a smaller discount onto the electrician. And they're supposed to buy in bulk to achieve those discounts. That's how it's always been for 50, 60, 70 years or whatever. If I opened up Verso online, today and sold it even if it was more expensive than other people online they would turn my tap off like that absolutely like that there'll be a there'll be a number of wholesalers that would send their gear back but in the flip side of that when i've got electricians in coventry in in wherever newcastle all these other different places but quite a few people in scotland at the moment wanting to buy the gear they come to us uh and uh, ndt uh, 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 there's another de decent one to talk about Come to us. We give them a quote. Say, look, your wholesaler can provide you this product at this price, okay? And you can have it next day. So it's pretty much the same as buying it online. That wholesaler then won't supply that customer. It's like, no, no, they've got commercial terms with whoever they currently deal with. They get their rebates and everything else. We don't want to supply it. They might do that one-off board here, there, and the other. And then that electrician has to go back to buying whatever they had on the shelf because they've got to fit a board. They can't pre-plan every board change, right? And it's also a bit awkward if you, you put a Verso consuming in, but, oh, shit, you know what? I need, I need an extra 32MRCBO. 
bollocks, they don't stock it there. So I'm going to have to order it. I'm going to have to wait another day. That's a pain in the ass. That's even harder with our wiring accessories. And I'm starting to get really frustrated with wholesalers because we're doing all that graft, taking them business. I've had one recently up at East Mids, uh, not East Mids, sorry, sort of a bit further than East Mids, sort of um, St. Neots around that way, where we've had, um, again, another one of your guests on there who's using Verso. He's now had to go back to Fusebox because that's that wholesaler who we've given all the price to, done all the work for, still won't put it on the shelf, which means we're limited to the amount of electricians we can service, not for the want of trying, not for because I don't pay reps and bits and bobs, because we have, we've got national coverage because of what they've currently got in place. So even though we can provide a better product at a better price with a better service, they've got existing things in place. And even though the electrician would rather buy ours, I am hamstrung to who I can service based on what the wholesaler will allow me to do. And I'm really, really tempted, really, really tempted at this point to go, well, do you know what? If all these other wholesalers can sell our stuff online, and we actually limit uh, who can sell our stuff online, but every wholesaler is selling everything online. Why is that any different than me putting online? I put a poll up on Instagram saying, who would buy our product from our website direct? Okay. Mate, 90, 94% of people said yes. 6% said no, we're wholesalers. I then had messages Mate, from two wholesalers. I've got, to I've got people in the chat now. Mm. Asking you, Colshill, uh, Stafford. Um, there's people in the chat now asking you to get representation in their area to sell Verso. I think that is not because of your boards, because your boards stand up to scrutiny against anyone. Your devices stand up against scrutiny to anyone. Oh, those devices are testing to the edge of their life. Fantastic. Listen. If you want Verso stuff, from what Will's saying, he's struggling to get it into the wholesalers. There's a lot of players in this market. Go to the Verso website. Yeah, I mean, we, we can't sell it. I tell you now, though, if you if you bang that drum on that tray counter, they will eventually to, put... So you can't go to your website? Not, not, not at the moment, no. It's something no. I'm seriously considering. If, we, if, if there was, those obstacles don't remove themselves, then I will probably be the first in the industry as a manufacturer in our product sector with accessories and circuit protection to do it. Um, and that's, you know, that's not to disincentivize the wholesale. You would still make sure that, you know, we put something in place, they would be able to access it, select a discount to be able to service their local area. But what you're deeper, saying is but you're frustrated. So you can't frustrated. get your, your gear in enough wholesalers. And it's not, it's not for the one. It's, it's not the demand. So we've got a better certification standard, better testing, better testing standards, better quality control standards, better price, and they still won't put it in. So now what do I do to that electrician who wants to buy it? Well, I got I, I lose I lose out on that. He loses out on using a better product because they want to stock whatever they got on the shelf. Okay. So I'm just supposed to go, all right, well, you know, that's life. Or do I start going, bollocks? The the way the industry works is changing. Wholesalers are happy to sell it online. Why is it any different from ABC Electrical sticking it online and selling, you know, based up in, I don't know, Coventry, selling it to someone in Glasgow, then then being able to access it on my website. Why don't we do this? Why don't we put it out to any wholesaler who's watching now? Come online and tell Will that you're going to put your shit on their, uh, in their store. Any wholesaler ready to go now. Here's the other thing that bugs me, right? So for our new stockists, okay, we do a six-month SOR, sale return. If you don't, we're that confident in our product. If you don't send, sell it, just send it back because someone else will buy it because we know they will. And they still don't do Agreed. it. Agreed. Listen, I, I, to this day, 
to this day, right? I'm not a nut hugger, right? I like Verso. I fit Verso in my house. My daughter's bedroom, everything's Verso. My um, spare bedroom, everything's Verso. My bedroom, when I do that next, everything Verso. It's nice looking. It does what it does. This is, listen, I'm not kissing Will's ass because he's a sponsor of the podcast. It's good. It's good stuff. Um, it's reasonably priced. To be, to be fair to you, when we spoke about sponsorship, you asked to see the product first. <laughs> I did. Like, it, so but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hock your product if it's a load of old tat. <laughs> I think you even it told me if you have a, if you ever have a product recall, we're cancelling the deal as well. <laughs> Did you know what I mean? <laughs> Listen, I've seen their boards, they've got silver coated buzz bars. I don't yeah. know. Increases the continuity and reduces corrosion. Yeah. No, no, it's, it's not. I just it's want not, to quickly say it's not silver. You won't trade it in for the same value as silver. It's silver coated. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I want to say a big shout out to Nick Bundy. Former mm-hmm. host of the podcast, a big fan of the podcast, a big fan of Verso, big yeah, fan he's of. Using um, mm. Listen, he's a top guy. Nick's, let me tell you, I know I'm a little bit tipsy. Nick is probably one of the nicest people I've met. Most um, genuine blokes I've ever met. Yeah. He he is so lovely. I've so is Ryan, to be fair. So is Ryan. Yeah. I've had dinner with his family, um, and he's such a lovely guy. Big shout out to Nick. I hope you're doing well. Um, just and know he is Sam's not, so, hoodie bit, is nice. Bit, well, there you go. Come on. Well, another topic on Nick, right? So Nick fit a couple of our boards, and I think people think I paid him to do it. I seen him at a trade show at Coventry, okay, and uh, he was there with guys from Trade Legends, and uh, who were right next to us, and we we're just having a chin wag. Why you got to mention that though? Because it's true. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we're awkwardly transparent. We don't lie here. So, yeah, and, and he said, look, he came over, he looked at the product and he, he tried it and he fitted it and he liked it. He buys it from his local wholesaler. It's not something, you know, we've given him X amount of money and he's put it up to said what we said. He, he said. he said to me, if I fit it and do a video on it, I'll tell people the truth. Corey was the same to be fair. He said, look, you can send it to me, but have, have some bollocks about it because if you if it's shite, I'm, I'm going to say it. Same with Ryan. So Listen, we, haven't, we haven't paid these guys and, and that's the feedback they've had. Um, you know, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not a big... Um influencer by any means but if your products were shit you wouldn't be here now on the podcast we wouldn't, we wouldn't have grown this quick that's the other bit like what, that's what, the other what, thing like let's be yeah. honest you're doing good shit now i must call an end to this podcast <laughs> well um, I, I i got my frustration i don't know i put put a warning shot across there for the industry like I, either you know we will we will continue to grow whether you support or we have to change the way the industry works that's fine by us too you do good stuff. You do great content. Um, some of the best content from manufacturers at the moment. Um, yes. And that is across the board. Um, Will, thank you for being my co-host tonight. It's been awesome. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Um, Sorry Jamie, I didn't swear as much as Jamie for those guys who, uh, who missed the swear. You're finished. Jamie, you're finished. <laughs> awesome podcast, mate. Thank you very much. No, thanks for having me on, Sam. Um, Sunday Club, we're out. <laughs>